After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray if there was anybody here today who really is in a place of struggle, a place where they feel like they don't understand what you have next for them, whether it would be in their family, whether it would be uh, on their jobs, whether it would be with uh, just themselves, whether it would be spiritually, whether it would be even in their homes, that you bless them, God, with this word today, that you help them know that they can have hope that because you are alive, they can still live a life that is alive and trust even in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I've talked to a couple fishermen in my life. Any fishermen in the room? Good, good, good. Because you guys really may identify with, with where I'm going to go when I ask this question. And it seems to me that they say that nighttime is the best time for fishing. Would anybody in here agree that nighttime is the best time for fishing? It seems like that was the, the culture and the way that the disciples fished back then. But as I read this, this text and as I dug into it a little bit more, it seems like that really is how God works on our lives. When we go through night-type moments, when we don't understand how things are going to change, when we're frustrated, maybe we're sick, maybe somebody in our family's sick, maybe something's going on that has really kind of toxified our moments in our lives. It's when God comes in and he helps us. A lot of times it's just really 
in those night moments where we really get the change and see his hand really working on us. I think if we're honest today that everybody in here fishes. We're all fishing for something. Some of us are fishing for things to change in those family situations. Some of us are, are fishing for things to change with us personally. We might not be pleased even with ourselves, even with our grown ages. Uh, some people may be fishing for things to even change with your children. And these are just some examples. But I like to think that we can definitely put ourselves in this text and in the shoes of the disciples. And my hope for us today is the fact that we can, can see that God does some special things in this text to remind us that he's still alive, that he's still alive in their life. And you can rest on that despite whatever you go through when you deal with that he is still alive. And we'll see that he's still alive through even through number one, separation. We'll see he's still alive looking at his splendor and how he does some things through them and shows them some things where he utilizes his power through them in these verses. And he'll also show that he's still alive, even in our lives, just like he was for them, based upon his steadfast love that he shows them even in the end. Jesus is still alive. And this is how we know he's still alive. While I was reading this, we see in verses 1 through 3 that there is some separation they have and some frustration they have in the moment of their profession of fishing. They caught nothing. I don't know if you guys have ever been doing something that you're supposed to be really good at and you zeroed out, that you didn't catch or do anything good. Things are going really bad. Maybe it could be at school. Maybe it could be for your kids and you're really hurting for them. But you just feel like you're not doing anything right. And it's just you all by yourself and God's not there and you feel separated from him. But I looked at this text again and I saw that it was interesting to me a couple little details that I want to point out to you today as I'm asked to teach this text. Number one is the place where Jesus meets these disciples at is a place called the Sea of Galilee. At this Sea of Galilee, there's another name for it called Kinnereth. Can everybody say Kinnereth? This place and this Sea of Galilee is shaped and named after a harp. And it's interesting to me how Jesus in so many ways provides harmony to their lives in a moment that is very uh, 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 frustrating and tight for them, if you will. And it led me to think more about how God, when we have a relationship with him and we feel separation, how we should place our minds in the ways that we should think in those moments. Because we've all been there. Why God? Or God, when are you going to change this for me? But I think a part of our response to when we don't feel God moving, when we feel like he should move is how we place our minds. But as I was reading, it seems to me like God is saying to them in so many ways that he's going to make some music out of the tension in their lives. I don't know if you track with the, uh, the book of Lamentations, but it's interesting in the middle of Jeremiah's crying, 
Jeremiah gets a song I can call in his heart. And this song, he says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. If you know it, you can say it with me. His mercies never come to an end. They are new, Ned, every morning. New every morning, great is thy faithful. How many of you have ever said that before? Amen. In the middle of it, a song comes out. He keeps on going. He says, the Lord is my, I dare you to say it, the Lord is my portion. Says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. It's beautiful when you feel the separation to feel so inspired by the track record you have with God to think of songs that will get you through, to think of good words that will get you through the moments that are frustrating. But here is more good news. As I read a little bit further, I see in the book of Psalms that David had a way and the Israelites had a way of doing this as well, which you can use too. I want you to to borrow this from them as well. The Israelites had what you call a song of ascent. Any of you who may have studied the Bible may have heard of these songs of ascent. But here's how they used these songs when they went through tough times. Here's what they would do. They would, they would have a song for each step of the way when they were going to see God in Jerusalem, right? So each, when they got closer and closer and closer, they would tell the Lord and sing to the Lord what they were going through and worship Him while they were on their way. And I want to encourage you, while you're struggling with the separation of where God may be, God is working some things out for you, and I would encourage you to go ahead and just sing a song to him. Here's what they said in Psalm 120. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. See, that's good news to me, because that lets me know he already knows what I need, right? He's just working on it, right? At the end of that psalm, he says, they say, I am for peace. That means they're trying to do the right thing. But God, check this out. But when I speak, they are for war. There are people coming against me. God, I just want to sing this back to you. I just want you to know that I'm fighting through this. And there are people coming against me. But God knows about it. And we go further to Psalm 121. They take it a step higher, if you ask me. They say, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I I, I promise you, if you can sing these songs to God and give this to him when you're going through the moments that you don't understand where he's at and it's not turning around for you, I'm almost certain that you can feel better and you can feel like he's there with you. Everybody say amen if you will. Thank you so much. The second thing that we can see in these verses, in these verses, is that We will know that God is still alive, and we can see that in this story through his splendor. What is splendor? Splendor is seen by God's power, his radiance and beauty and brilliance and loving providence working through them and working through us. Jesus does some things that are some secrets in this text through them as they are on this boat, As they encountered him, that shows his power and shows him working on them in this situation. The first thing that we see or we can pull from this is that he has a special relationship with them. Everybody do me a favor and say, uh, just say real quick, special relationship. 
Oh, yeah. He has a special relationship with them. Now, many of you may already know this, but I thought it'd be good to reiterate. When he says, and he calls them friends in verse 5, he says, he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? I don't know about you, but I don't just look at God as a friend. Some people have those, those, those gray areas where, where how you see God, right? If we were to, to take a poll today, how you see more of a friend or a father or a savior, we could get some mixed reviews. But, but he calls out to the disciples, and the word friends in this text actually means children. And it's interesting how Peter does not react back when a man he does not know at that time calls him a child, put your net on the other side. What Peter says and does is he just actually thinks about it, and then they put the, the, the net there. But the, here's what I want to get at when I talk about friends. He's more than a friend. He's also our father. It's interesting how he can be our father and our friend at the same time. I, I, I don't know. Uh, there's no one else in our lives we can have a real friendship with just like that. But Jesus, we can talk to him about everything. Why do I say this? I say this because sometimes people feel like the Lord is mean, like we can't really go to him. We can't really talk to him. We can't really share our, our heart with him. He, 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 he's just a just God. and He just sits and he's ready to, 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 to get on us when something bad happens. But I come for the person who may feel like that. I just want to let you know he is our friend too. In fact, in John 15, 15, it says, I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus wants to talk to you. Go ahead and talk to him. Go ahead and tell him exactly how you feel. Share your heart with him. He really, really, really wants to be not only your father, but also equally as important, he wants to be your friend. In this special relationship, I can see them realizing when they look back, wow, man, he's more to us than just somebody who's going to be at the shore and somebody who's just going to do these things where he leaves us. He's going to be with us, and because that, we are still, still alive because we have him. The other thing I see in splendor is the fact that they realize there's some security with having Jesus. This is also something I want to share for somebody who may not really know Jesus as their personal Savior, because there may be some today. I want to share with you that it's interesting to me that in verse 6, Jesus says, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some, or you will find some fish. The interesting thing is they do it, and they don't even know it's him. What I'll let you know if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, that as you hear his word read, as you hear his word sung, and we worship him, I want to let you know there's security and trusting that his word is true. I think that was important for me to point out today because there might be some as, you know what, I don't know if I'm totally there yet, but I just want to encourage you, his word is true. Yes, it is. It's true. Uh, the last uh, thing I would share, only for time's sake, that to me shows his splendor is the reaction of the disciples as they 
go along with what's going on in this text with Jesus. They show that he provides them strength. Verse 6 and 8, let me read that, and you can read it along with me if you have your Bibles out. I actually would like that if you, if you could read that with me or read along as I read it. It says, he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to hand or haul the net in because of the large number of fish. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Verse 7 says, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. But then in verse 8 it says, The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. I don't know about you, but if you notice what happened just right there, before they heard his voice, before they really realized who it was, they couldn't pull all the fish. But once they realized, and John tells Peter, this is Jesus talking, something about that gave them some strength. And I want to let you know, uh, when you stay in contact with the Lord and, and, and you realize it's him moving in your life and, 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 and working things out and your relationship with him, you will get some strength. Anybody witness today to that, that you'll, you'll get strength as you, as you keep a relationship with him, as you, as you hear what he has to say, you will receive some strength. And they do in this story. And that's, to me, a part of his splendor, just working. They didn't know this was going to happen, but they receive it as they have a good relationship with him. One of the last points I want to share with you guys today is that as we remain alive with him and realize that Jesus is still alive, he shows us his steadfast love. He shows us his steadfast love. Let's pick up at verse 10. It says, Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. After all they had been through, Jesus' desire is to show them his love for them. Not to beat them up, accuse them, punish them, make them feel depressed, but just to do what's best for them and love them. Maybe somebody today really needs to feel his love. But he went through all these measures, even assured them three times that he was who he said he was because of his, his love. And he loves you just the same. Jesus wakes up early in the morning to meet their needs. I thank God that God is the same today yesterday, and forevermore. And I just want to let you guys know, if he did that for them and met them in the morning where they were and blessed them, he will do the same 
for you. Also, very important to point out as I close, won't be before you too long, as I close, that all the fish remained alive and they even, me and another person were talking about this in between services, were able to keep all 153 and count all 153 fish when they brought them in. I don't know if they got bored. I don't know if they wanted to to just be able to write this down and put this back in the Bible. I don't, I don't know what, what they were thinking, but, but when I was reading what other commentators had to say about the 153, a lot of them pointed to the fact that that 153 stood for pretty much all mankind. And I want to let you know that Jesus loves, he loves all of us. Sometimes we can be quick to push some things to the side and some, some people to the side, potentially based upon some ideals and things of that nature. But I want to let you know, I think there's a reason why that number signifies that and all of those fish came in and they counted and John decided to put it in here and write it. I want to let you know he loves all of us. And if he took the time to love us through our things, let us continue to love everybody else. The good news is this, one day we will see him, as we just heard sung in the song today. And it says in Revelations 21, 5 through 7, that as we are patient with the Lord, as we remember that there's some splendor that's going to come out of us as we wait, as we are patient with him during those times of separation. Uh, and we go through with him, and he makes our lives as strong as they possibly can be. He still has something left over. And they think they had a breakfast when he met them on the shore. But I can imagine a better breakfast, and that's when we go to heaven. And it says in Revelations 21, 5 through 7, he, will, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be mine. He's going to be waiting for us. He just wants us, he just wants to let you know he loves you through whatever situation and season you go through in your life. Maybe you're on a boat-like situation and you're not successful right now or you're just wondering and, and your heart is, 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 is saying, God, where are you at this point in my life? Well, I need your help. I, I was supposed to get something that I didn't get and I'm hurt by that, right? Or I'm, I'm bearing a burden of somebody else in my family or somebody close to me. There are a lot of different situations you could be going through. I can't name them all. But I know we all get to that place where we want to turn our boat around and say, you know what? I'm just going to give up on this. But I just want to let you know, if he does all that for them, he will do all of that for you. He just wants to let you know he loves you. What is your response to his love this morning? Some of us want to turn our boats around, but I just want to let you know 
He loves you, and he's still alive. As the praise team comes up, maybe this morning you would like to let God know or ask God for another type of assurance. He gives the disciples three types. He sees them three times. Just to give you, just to talk to you, just to let you know things are going to work out, things are going to be okay. Maybe that's you this morning and you'd like to to pray about that. I I just want to encourage you to to meet God with your petitions and talk to him this morning. You can come and you can do that today. Maybe you don't know him and have a relationship with him. I want to urge you to come as well. And today you can receive him as your personal savior. Maybe you like somebody just to pray with you. You're going through a tough time. As they pray the music, we'd be more happy, more than happy, excuse me, to pray with you and walk with you and stand with you on this morning to help you through your situation and your storm. Just so that when you leave here, you know all the more that he still is alive. God bless you.